So we've been in a series on entitled freedom. Um, our foundation scripture has been out of James chapter 4. I'm going to probably minister a little bit more on this, but the next two Sundays, we're centering around our Connection Sundays, and, and, um, and so we'll probably go back to this. Um, but I want to end this portion of this series on freedom. I think I had three titles to this message in the last seven weeks. One was freedom, one was submission, one was something else, I don't know. But I like the word freedom. Because my first Sunday on this was Fourth of July Sunday. And uh, it's a message on, on living free in your life. Um, and I, and I want to read this, this passage because today I want to talk about how to accomplish this. James 4, 6, it says, But He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And actually, one translation, the grace there is talking about great grace. To those that humble themselves, that come under God. Those that submit to the Word of God and, and the will of God in their lives. When they come under that, they become empowered to accomplish anything and everything God put us on the earth to accomplish. I mentioned in the, in the first few messages that what Jesus accomplished at Calvary began in the Garden of Eden. And in the choice that He made, a lot of times I've, I've said this, I've heard it said this way, that it was the ultimate sacrifice that He sacrificed for humanity. But I really see it today as the ultimate act of humility and submission. Because Jesus' will and the Father's will were not the same. He's in the garden and he is beginning to see what is going to come against him. And he said to the Father, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. I told you in the last few weeks that there are three things that submission to God are not. Three things. Number one, submission is not easy. Number two, submission is not agreement. And then number three, submission is never forced. There's a number of different forms of submission in the Bible. The Bible talks about submission, but right here we're talking about submitting to God. Well, Romans says that all authority God has set in place and that we are to submit, and when we're not submitting to authority, we're in a place of rebellion. And, you know, we, we, we've, we've pretty well defined that and talked about what that is and then what that isn't. And um, as a result, 
Um, I believe that Jesus, in his ultimate act of submission to God, paved the way for you and I to understand what it means to humble ourselves, to come under, to come under the power and the strength that elevates us. It's one thing to be elevated, it's one thing to elevate yourself and to promote yourself, but it's another thing to be elevated and promoted by God. We've talked in Scripture in 1 Peter 5 that when we humble ourselves that He will exalt us at the proper time, He will elevate us in our lives. Something really key about understanding true humility. And come here, Preston, stand here. I've used this example a couple of different times, but like you're coming to me and start moving. And, and you, you're trying to move forward and you can't, and they go this way. So I would try another way. But when we're trying to promote ourselves, when we're not walking in humility, the Bible says God resists us. Well, but Pastor, that's an Old Testament scripture, yeah, that's fulfilled in Christ. It was fulfilled in Christ. So when we do what the Word says in the New Testament in humbling ourselves and submitting to His will and His purpose, then there's no resistance. What is there? There's free flowing. And thank you. And so, you know, as we've talked and defined, and I'm just getting to my point today, so I'm reviewing, as we talked and defined really what the lack of humility is. Um, you know, I, I, made, I, made a, 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 I gave an example of somebody that you might see some pro football player, pro athlete that has a real arrogant attitude, and you say, well, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he's a real prideful person, and, he, and, and that's real apparent. But truly, and we've defined this through the weeks, Pride is, is choosing to do something without God's permission. Now remember, what submission to God is not, is it's not forced. God will never step in and make you do something. And, and if, if I force Dale to submit to me as his pastor... If there's a forced submission in that, then it's not something that's out of his heart and being developed out of his heart in his relationship with God. It has to come from my relationship with God so that what I do, I do with, with a clear conscience and an open heart, and then there's no resistance. And the resistance isn't from God in such a way that he's sitting in heaven and saying, well, you know, that person's doing this wrong and I'm going to resist him. No, it's already set in motion. It's already set up that way. If you walk, if you, stay, if you get born again and you stay trying to figure things out on your own, there's going to be this resistance all along the way. And, and, and a lot of times we blame the devil and bind the devil, but a lot of times it's the resistance of God that's already set in place. And that's not a bad thing, and God's not a bad God. He loves you unconditionally no matter what you do, but we're talking about accomplishing things in, in earth, in planet earth. I'm not going to accomplish things on a day-to-day -day basis when I'm being resisted by God because I choose to stay in pride. So how do we overcome these things? 
And, and I see it real clear just in a couple of passages of Scripture that I want to read today. Everything that you and I do, one of the things that, that, that can happen when you experience a victory is complacency. I've overcome one situation, and then we get complacent, and then we don't continue in the same process that gained the victory in other things in our life. I'm telling you, you should be gaining victories for the rest of your life. You should be overcoming situations in your life and personality for the rest of your life. You should be. God, God made us that way. We never, you're never going to reach the pinnacle. You're never going to reach the top of something. It's from faith to faith that we grow in revelation and understanding. And God wants us, He wants us overcoming. He created us to, to overcome. He created us overcomers. But to see it manifested day to day is staying connected to Him, submitting to His will and, and His plan and His purpose as Jesus did in the garden. Lord, not, not, I mean, it would be easier to do it my way, but not my will, Your will be done. So Jesus and the Father were not in agreement. Submission doesn't even start until you're in disagreement. Otherwise, you're in agreement. Everybody's cool when you're in agreement. Everybody's smiling when you're in agreement. But then all of a sudden, when there's disagreement, pfft. So what does it take to submit when you don't agree? One, one word. One word. One word. One word. Everybody say one. Hold a finger up. One. One, one word. It just takes one, one word. One word that, that demonstrates to you and I what has to happen to be able to submit when we don't agree. And it's faith. See, you had it right. You should have said it, Charlie. <clears throat> Faith. And faith alone. Faith. You have to have faith. So when many times when we gain victories in something and we see something manifest, a lot of times what will happen is we get complacent. And, and in that complacency, what, what, what happens? We get out of exercising our faith. Well, we got to here. And, and, and why in the world would we think from here on out we can do it? When what got us to the victory was our faith and confidence that God will do what He said He'll do. And why would I change that all of a sudden? Because it takes a lot of work and a lot of consistency and patience and focus and time spent with God to do something by faith. Now follow me in these three passages of Scripture and I'll tie this together. Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 35. <clears throat> Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of what? Endurance. It's one of the things that has to be developed when you're ridding yourself of pride and learning what humility really is. 
You know, humility is not, you know, having some attitude and some look on your face and some way you dress or some kind of whatever, you know. That's not humility. Humility is acknowledging the fact that there's a situation here I haven't been able to do anything about, and I'm choosing to submit to another way of thinking and operating. And when I do that by faith, it's amazing what it creates. Have you ever noticed, if you've been born again for very long, that when you were first born again, it seemed like things just like fell off of you? I mean, you, you, like you tripped over a victory? Dang, I sowed that dollar and somebody gave me a thousand. Yeah! <clears throat> I mean, you know, I mean, it just it seemed like everywhere you went. But then, once, and that's great, but then it came to a place where there was more expected and required out of your life. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance in every situation. Now, keep your place right there and look at Romans 1. And verse 16. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everybody who believes, to the Jew first and also uh, for the Greek, verse 17, for in it, in the gospel, in the word of God, the righteousness of God, what's right in God, God's way of doing and being right, God's way of thinking and then elevating you is revealed where? It's revealed from faith to faith. One translation says it's revealed from one faith experience to the next. Now, would there, I mean, just knowing God, would there never be a time where there was going to be more expected out of you? Absolutely. So, that infant faith experience was great, but the next faith experience, there's going to be a little bit more required out of you, but not more than you can handle, right? 1 Corinthians something, 10, 13 or something, not more than you can handle, but there's going to be more expected, one faith experience to the next. So as, as I'm walking this life of faith in God, we just don't want to give up on faith. Because along the way, you begin to realize where you're thinking more highly of yourself, and your thoughts are more real to you than God's thoughts. And all of a sudden, as you lay that thing down, it's revealed to you there's no more resistance, and there's free flowing, and things happen. I'm just telling you right now, this pride thing, this pride deal that God's revealed in me over the last four or five years, this area of pride has liberated my life to the point I really enjoy being alive. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, and, and you know what? And you know what? Over the last four or five years, not everything's been just perfect. <laughs> but I'm happy. Look at your neighbor and say, he's happy. And, and, and uh, somebody told me a long time ago, he said, well, you know, that happiness is conditional. Dang right. I'm happy. And it's conditional. All the conditions cannot be good, <laughs> and I'm still happy because I'm choosing to be happy. Right? And how am I doing it? By faith. And what, what's revealing to me is there was more on the other side that I didn't even realize because pride was blocking it. I'm telling you, pride's a killer. It's a killer. 
It shuts people down. You can be born again, spirit-filled, going to heaven, all that kind of stuff, and, and be living in hidden pride that you don't even realize, well, at least I don't do this and that. Well, that's pride too. If you hear a message like this and you're trying to justify that what you're doing is right, that's pride too. So, I, I mean, just, just, just open yourself up to God. It's amazing what he'll show you. We don't have to be afraid of this. We're not talking about somebody following you around with a, you know, some kind of a glass and making sure every little thing is right. No, I'm talking about your relationship with you and God. The submission we're talking about is to God. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he's gone. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will go when there's not pride resisting, causing resistance. A lot of things that we've blamed the devil for was just what was already set in motion by God. See, see, pride was destroyed at Calvary through Jesus Christ. Pride has no dominion over me. Say that. Dang right it doesn't. Why? Because of what he did. But do you battle with pride? Yes, in your soul. Because the salvation we're talking about is spiritual. The salvation on a day-to-day basis is the salvation of your soul, the renewing of your mind and admitting that, you know what, things have to change. But we got the Holy Ghost. We got the Word. We got an open heaven. We got everything that we need to accomplish. It's not like this trickery game, you know. And God's roaming around over here trying to make all kinds of weird things happen. I mean, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And if you have pride, get rid of it. Admit it and cause it to exit. Amen? Because it won't produce a thing when you're being resisted. Not anything. I mean, the moment, the moment you make the choice to give no place. Remember, remember, submission is not easy. It's not agreement, and God will never force you, ever. But that still small voice will constantly say things to you and speak things to you, but it's your choice. Amen? For we have need of endurance, verse 36, so that after we've done the will of God, we may receive the promise. I'm in Hebrews 10, I'm sorry. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the, now the just shall live by faith, but, anyone, but if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul, to the renewing of the mind. That's what we're talking about right now. Say that with me. I am one of those that believes to the end, right? To the saving of the soul, to the renewing of the mind to the empowerment in my life where I'm empowered, that pride has no place, that humility becomes a way of life, that I humble myself instantly because I choose to, because I realize not, it's not just the benefits, it's the way that God thinks and operates. There is no pride in God. God can't lie. I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's one thing that, that God cannot do. He cannot lie. It's not that he, 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 he had the opportunity to lie and he chooses not to. He can't, the Bible says. It's impossible for God to lie. So everything I read that he says is for me, it's mine. It's just mine. 
well, I don't know if, you know, what, that God would allow something that good to happen to me because of these mistakes that I made. That's pride. Most of us don't look at that as pride. Yeah, but you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. But it doesn't matter what you've done. Not where the blood of Jesus is concerned. What matters is what you do with what you've done. Because once you get revelation of what you've done, I'm telling you what, the windows open, the blessing of God flow freely in your life because of what you've released. We can talk forever about issues in our lives and all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you what, talking to God can do amazing things. When you hear the word preached like you're hearing today and you do something with the word that I'm giving you today, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what it means to you and how to apply it to your life and cause things to happen in you that have never happened before. That's the day and time in which we're living in. Amen? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. That's what faith is. Faith is that, okay? Faith is that substance. And, and this chapter 11 is, is like the hall of fame of those who walk by faith, but I mean, there's some pretty unlikely characters in Hebrews 11 that you would think wouldn't belong in there like a harlot. Right? And like a number of other people that you wouldn't think belonged in here. But see, God looks at the heart. And He looks at the changes that are made. And that's why He's looking. He's looking for you and I to, number one, believe what it says in, in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe what? That He is. He is what? Whatever. Whatever you need. You're in a time of decision like Jesus was. God, if, I mean, all of a sudden, he begins to sweat drops of blood in the garden and he begins to see what he's fixing to take on himself. He's taking all the sin and the sickness and everything ugly and evil, he's taking on himself of people that ever lived or ever would live. I mean, you'd think God would give him a little bit of a break. And he begins to give in in the moment to fear or he wouldn't have said what he said. He begins to give in to fear. You ever given in to fear? He's already been there. But he said, not my will. So his will and the Father's will were not the same. Jesus, the, one of the three parts of the triune being, did not have the same will and intention of the Father in that moment. Through eons of time, he saw you and he knew you would experience times like that. And he overcame. And now you and I overcome. Pride and fear have no dominion over our lives. You can choose the humble thing every 
minute of every day, every moment, every situation, every faith experience that you're walking in, you can choose humility every single time because he did. He's empowered us. He's positioned us and placed us to overcome. Amen? So my responsibility is to do my due diligence in believing that what he has promised, he's able to perform it. Because fear is after that. The devil doesn't matter. He, he, the devil doesn't care what happens to your life, anybody else. He just wants you in fear because if he can have you in fear, he can have every area of your life. He can have your finances. He can have your kids. He, he can have your family. He can, he can, your, your destiny, your future, your purpose on planet Earth if he has you in fear. And the thing that humanity fears once they get born again and get a little bit of word in them is that God can't do what he said because of the way circumstances look. That's a lie. It's a lie. Amen? Romans 4, and I'll end with this. Romans 4 and verse this is <clears throat> this is the this is the New Testament. <laughs> this, is the, this is the New Testament um, description <laughs> of Abraham's life. Old Testament talks about some ugly things that he did. And, he, and you know, used to be, wouldn't be that way today, but used to be he'd be thrown out of the church for some of the things that he did. Think about this as I read this. Abraham, who is our father, who is the fleshly example of what you and I follow after Jesus was the perfect example. Here is the flesh example of someone that chose to do what God said. But what did he need? He needed endurance. God called him the father of many nations, and 25 years later, the manifestation came. You have need of endurance in your faith-to-faith -faith journey of walking things out. You have need of endurance for when you've done the will of God, then you receive the promise. See? And, and listen, what is the will of God? To come under. Huh? See, because when you come under him, as he's elevated, you're elevated. So you're not trying to elevate yourself. You're elevated as he elevates. So wherever he is, there's me. See, because I brought myself under, I've submitted to that. But the submission is not a one-time thing, it's a day-to-day -day thing. And it's just a good thing. Wow, man, that's, that's really a lot of work. What in life that produces any good thing is not a lot of work? But the thing about it is, it's not a labor. See, when we learn and do our due diligence of, of understanding the revelation, when we come under, now it's not a labor. The labor is in renewing our mind, enduring to the end, to the saving of our soul, to the renewing of our mind to the point that we think the way he thinks instead of us trying to get him to think like me. He'll never do it. He'll never change, ever. He's the same always. 
And that should give us great comfort and rest. And here is the description of Abraham. And it says in verse, well, let's just start with verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's actually the, the definition of what we just read in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And see, that was years before. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb since she had never bore a child, and she's 90 plus. And he's a hundred. And this isn't a Holy Spirit coming over the womb of Mary experience. This is a hundred-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman coming together and producing. Seems a little impossible to me. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith. And I'll say it like this. And not continuing to reside in fear. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was a hundred years older, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't waver at this point. After 25 years, he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He came to the place where he realized he couldn't live his life without the praises of God being on his lips as a result of being in his heart. He had to have that. He needed to hear himself giving glory to God. He's about dead. His wife, her womb is dead, and it's an impossibility, but he continues to give glory to God. How many in here at different times in your life, have you faced impossible situations? It looked like there was no way for those things to change. And the more you stay focused on what's not changing and you trying to fix it, I'm telling you, take my word for it, go study it out. You're in pride. And there's a resistance from God that's there because God can't flow with unbelief. He loves you going to heaven, all those kind of things, but what about victory here? Hmm? What about freedom in this life that you can tell other people? You know what? You don't need anybody knowing anything about you when you're free. When you're trying to tell, I, I believe this, I know, you know, I'm, I'm this and that, you know, people look at you and they think, but when you're free, people, they, they become like, you become like a magnet. You become like a little piece of steel to magnets and people just find you everywhere. You can just sit and mind your own business. I was on an airplane last week coming from, where was I? Norfolk, Virginia Beach. 
it got detoured somewhere else. Sitting on the tarmac and felt like Columbia, South America, but I think it was South Carolina. Anyway, sitting on the tarmac and I was thinking we're probably not going to make it back to Atlanta. That's what my head was thinking. And I was thinking all these things. So I need to call and do this and change my flight. And and the Holy Spirit said, what about the guy sitting next to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, See, your way up is under. See, to not submit to what God's plan is in that moment is to find yourself being resisted. And right then, I, could, I would have been resisted trying to find a hotel room. I'd have been resisted trying to find another flight out of Atlanta that night or the, the next day. I'd have been resisted by all this stuff. And then what happens when you're being resisted? You get mad. And the, and the Atlanta airport closed for three hours, and there was probably 150,000 people that were mad. What God needs is somebody to be happy. In the next two hours, I spent talking to a devout Mormon, and we had an amazing Holy Ghost conversation. And you can ask my wife and my children, I was calm. We didn't make that flight. The airline took care of our hotel. We got another flight for no charge. We made it home. I'm standing here. Hmm? But pride says you're going to figure it out yourself. You're going to make it work. And all of a sudden, instead of having the strength of God raising you, you're trying to do it yourself. And man, you come out of those kind of situations stressed to the max and mad at the world. Been there, done it as a pastor. Amen? Where was I reading? Oh, here I am. I was on the wrong page. Being fully convinced that what he promised he was able to perform. Being fully convinced. You know what? I think the thing that happens with us is just take my little situation like on, on, the air, on the airline. I think what we do is we get afraid that we're not going to be taken care of. You know how people get, they have a signed seat on an airplane and they get, I mean, they go ballistic. And they got to stand up there. 30 minutes before, and they have an assigned seat. And, like, and, then, and, and, then, and then everybody, they say, okay, uh, uh, zone one. And then everybody's like, I, I mean, what if four people got ahead of you still have an assigned seat? We get so afraid that we're not going to be taken care of. It's pride. I'm just telling you, it's what I found out. I was in pride. 
I'm telling you today, I'm delivered and I'm continuing to be delivered. Pride will have no place in me no matter what it takes. Every day, because I will not be resisted by God, I'm living under an open heaven and nothing is stopping the flow. Amen? But you have need of endurance because this isn't a week and a half little project. This is every day. It's every day. And as we submit to God, we resist the devil. And you don't have to yell and scream and get a headache yelling at the devil. Just tell him, no, you're done, bro. You know, I, I don't, you, this is, this is I, I, I don't tolerate this. I give you no place here. You have no right here because of what Jesus accomplished. And, and I, 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 I'm telling you, the last four or five years of my life, I can't, I never saw that. I mean, I heard it. I heard many people preach it, but I never saw I never saw it like what I've been teaching you where Jesus, His will, and the Father's will were not one and He had to submit. It was the ultimate act of submission. It's almost like, and and Paul said this in Romans 5, he said, I glory in tribulation." It's almost like you get to the point where, okay, we overcame this, but I don't want now an easy situation. I want another situation where I have to use my faith. I don't want just some, I, I want to I elevate. I mean, my, using my faith is trusting God, and so it, I'm constant, I'm under here. You're not going to sit under God and sit there and drink tea all day. You're going to be under God and, and be lifted up and exalted and fulfilling the purpose and plan by faith in Him. And it takes faith to stay there. Amen? So today, and I don't want you to lift your hand, but I'm asking you this question. Just in the preaching today, maybe, this is your first time here today, hearing this message, or you've heard different messages. And you can say to yourself, I know areas where I'm in pride. Just close your eyes for a moment and think about that. Don't lift your hand or it doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's between you and God. Just think about that for a moment. <clears throat> right now, Father, you've instructed us to always come to you in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished. Today, Lord, I thank you that these people hear your voice. They hear the voice. They hear your voice through the Holy Spirit. They hear the voice of the Spirit, and they do what the Spirit tells them. As they're obedient to your voice and your will, that there's no resistance windows of heaven are opened over them I thank you even from today on as they walk in this revelation that amazing manifestations are coming are just waiting to manifest in their life and they're and and, and they are before them I declare that their best days are here right now in their life and before them their best days days of hearing and doing days of hearing and doing 
And I believe, I believe that every person at the sound of my voice today, every person is completing thoughts and projects that come from you, Lord. Thoughts and projects. Thoughts and projects are being completed. You're not losing the thought and then losing the fulfillment of a project. You're completing the thought and completing the project that you're hearing from God. I believe that. It's prophetic today. Receive that right now in the name of Jesus. You are completing thoughts and projects that are coming from God. 